0: try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at the brosters.com stevie get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you hear from the pros who live the biz bro
1: Through the years, we all remember when we first witnessed a national tragedy. We remember the good times and the bad times through either a song, a TV show, a monumental sports achievement, or even the smell of a particular food from when we were young. Welcome to the show that will take you on a journey through time to relive those iconic moments. Welcome to RTW Rewind, where old school rules. So, without any further delay, let's introduce you to the host of the show, Rad Rob, Rob Francois.
2: All right, all right, all right. We are live here on the Hameen Media Group YouTube channel. This is RTW Rewind. And of course, I am your host. Brad Rob Rob Francois Today we're talking Top Gun. Who better to talk about this movie with than one of my good pals from the Smack Attack from the Star Trek, God, God, uh Kyle name? Star, Star Trek yeah. universe. The the Academy. That's eh, close enough. <laughs> Uh, it's John Enright. What's up, John? Thanks for being here.
3: What's up, Brad Robin? It is good to be here. It's good to talk something other than Star Trek or wrestling for a little bit. Um, I guess most people don't know this, but I have a degree in radio, TV, and movie production. So uh, movies have always been a part of my life for a long time. And when I saw this movie when I was a kid, it just it stuck with me forever. When uh, they said they were going to do another uh, sequel this year, I was stoked, beyond stoked, ready for it. So uh, when you're like, hey, let's talk about someone's like, let's talk about Top Gun. They're going to release Top Gun. And, yeah, you know, yeah.
2: it was supposed to be last
3: year. And now it was supposed to be July 2nd this year. And now you just gave me some terrible news.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, they uh, pushed it back due to the ongoing pandemic uh, to November 19th, 2021. Because uh, who does? I mean, that's such a great, a great time to watch movies, you know, like right before Thanksgiving. It's, it's usually a hotbed of activity for movies. Okay,
3: well, I'm not going to be upset about that because that's like right before my birthday, which is November 22nd. So
2: there you go. You can go see it on your birthday.
3: I can go see it on my birthday. I can go see it with my dad. And, uh, you know, that's why uh, uh, James Bond 2 normally releases in November, which is why I was really mad because last year they were going to release it in November and now they pushed it back again. They keep pushing it back. I'm like, Just give it. It's November release date like it has been for the last, like, you know, <laughs> seven or eight movies that I can remember and always going for my birthday to go watch, you know, James Bond. So, you know, that's, uh, that's another one of our faves. Me and my dad have a few movies that we just we, – we lock in on. This is one, Indiana Jones um, and James Bond are the ones that my dad and I always stop down for. We'll go watch together. We'll go to the movies to see. Um, that's just something we did I've done for a long time. So,
2: yeah. Well, I know it's off topic, but uh, who is your favorite actor to portray James Bond? Whew.
3: uh I mean, I grew up with Connery, really. I did, you know, my dad and we, we yeah. would watch. Um, you know, they used to show James Bond on like you know Saturday, Sunday night movies on ABC or or whatever back when that was a thing in the day. Yeah. Where they would watch, you you know, just to cover programming, they would put, you know, one of these movies on on you know call it Saturday night or Sunday night movies, and and so that was my first experience with Connery because VHS was still a new thing and it was expensive and and everything like that, and so. Um, and then they started slowly having the Roger Moore run-ins. Um, but they were doing the, the Connery ones because it was easier to, to get because Connery was gone. Um, Roger Moore was still involved and still filming uh, up until the 80s. So the Connery ones were just always there, and, and we watched so many of those um, and just had so much fun with it. I, for me, I guess if I'm going to rank them, I'm going to go um, Connery, then I'm gonna go Daniel Craig. Then I'm gonna go um Pierce Brosnan, Roger Moore, uh Timothy Dalton and George Lazenby. Those those are my ones that I rank them.
2: Really, you gotta put Pierce ahead of Roger Moore, huh?
3: Yeah, I they're they're very similar. Like to me, they're very, very, very similar. The only difference was
0: Pierce. Roger <laughs> well,
3: uh Pierce, I think to me, Pierce Brosnan handled the physicality a little bit better. True. You know, than Roger Moore, Um, you know, and so that's that's my just slight difference between the two. I mean, I love them both. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody. Everybody's good. Timothy Dalton was pretty awful. I didn't like him as as that. I like him in other things, but as James Bond, he was a little rough. And of course, we don't talk about George Lazenby, but, you know, that's neither here nor there.
2: We're definitely going to have to have you back and do a James Bond thing because we could take a real deep dive into that. Oh, yeah. My, my dad loved that growing up, too. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah we'll, we'll get into that. But back to Top Gun. Yeah. I'm really surprised at how... I'm not surprised at how well it was received by the audience, but, and maybe I shouldn't be surprised about the critics either, but the critics really didn't like this movie at all. No. Uh, Roger Ebert certainly didn't like it. It gets like a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Um, but yet it's named one of the top 500 movies of all time. Mm So, (laughs) I mean, who's, who's choosing that is what I want to know. So we all know critics, you know, suck for the most part. Cause I mean, they're too, it's almost like watching wrestling nowadays. Like as smart fans, you know, we're, we're a little bit hyper critical about certain things. So maybe we're a little bit too hard on it. I think that's how critics are in general, especially movie critics. Uh, they take it way too seriously. They like they, yeah. they break it down almost like on a molecular level. Um, just watch and have fun. If you don't have fun, fine. But like, yeah, I, yeah, you yeah. don't need to take the piss out of everything. I mean, it, it's. Right.
3: I mean, great, I, I understand that it is an art form, and it's a, it's, it, but also too, it's a place for us to enjoy entertainment. You know, it's like, um, I mean, I like all kinds of movies, and um, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, being a, a film degree person. You know, I've sat through some really great, you know, classic films. And then I love you know, just trash films like Kong versus Godzilla or uh, Pacific Rim, you know. And uh, and so when somebody says, Why do you like Pacific Rim? I, I turned to my 15 year old and said, Jacob, why do we like Pacific Rim? He goes, Big robots finding big monsters. Duh. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sometimes I'm not looking for a deep, in depth plot and story that I'm following along. If I want to, I can watch. You know, Lord of the Rings, or I can watch Sherlock Holmes, or, or other things that I can enjoy. But if I just want to turn my brain off and have fun, man, that's where movies like Top Gun, Pacific Rim, those kind of things play in. And I think the problem is the critics want to take want their job to be seen seriously, and unfortunately, their job isn't serious. Your your comment, your job is to comment on movies, which mm-hmm. is entertainment. You know, so. You know, to me, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. So I, I I don't ever look at critic reviews when I go to see a movie. The only thing I look at every now and then is fan, you know, reviews of, you know, hey, I saw this and it was good or whatever. But a lot of times I don't. I just go see a movie because it interests me. If there's something that interests me, I'll go watch it. You know, I like Tenant. I watched Tenet this year. You know, I got to see it in theaters, I, you know, because Texas is great and we opened our theaters way up way back when. So, I watched Tenet in the theater and man, I thought it was brilliant. It was great. I mean, once again, Christopher Nolan film. So you got to be paying attention, you know, knowing that going in helped. you know, so a lot of people are like, Oh, super confusing. I was like, well, if you go in knowing it's a Christopher Nolan film, you know, you got to be paying attention. You know, the idea is you you're able to travel back through time, you know, inversion, you know, and people are using that as a war and to go about doing things and he's moving forward and back in time to, to do things. It's a whole, you know, it's a whole very kind conv- of uh, convoluted plot. But if you're watching it, it's very neat. It's an interesting t- storytelling unit, and the way things work. So, I enjoyed it. So anybody who complains about it, I get it. You know, it's hard, but that was that was good for me. It was beautiful film, beautiful shot, interesting storytelling, and I went and watched it, and I didn't care what people think. You know, so um yeah you know, i tend to be one of those people that if you tell me not to do something i'm going to do it but if you tell me you know i need to watch this then i'm probably not going to watch it because you know so many like i haven't watched stranger things because everybody's like hey you need to watch stranger things they have D D in it and i'm like <laughs> but you're narrowing me down to like a D dude so because you think that little of me i'm not gonna watch it now you know kind of thing so um that's how i take my my movies and and in and, and critics of it you know i a lot of times I'm just going. I don't care, you know. I'll just watch them for the fun of it because, you know, that's the point. You go in watching what you want to watch, and if you like it, great. If you didn't, oh well. I mean, what's complaining going to do about it? What's commenting going to do about it? Not nothing much. You just, you know, uh, and because my view is going to be different from my 15 year olds, which is going to be different from yours. So if I tell you it's terrible and you like it, what does that mean? It means absolutely nothing.
2: Yeah, pal. Well, yeah, mm. ab- absolutely. Um, you know, <laughs> it's funny the way they shot the film. Uh, Top Gun was amazing. Oh, they, yeah. they really set the bar for how uh, you know aerial photography is. Really, I mean, even that you know, even stuff that the Navy and Air Force use today, uh, and now it's a lot easier with GoPros and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm really interested to see how you know the second movie Maverick comes out. But um, it w- it was. I mean, that's why I love the movie. Like, it's, it's, it's the F-14s, right? I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's, it's high impact. It's, it's very tense, you know, especially when they're, you know, we've got Migs coming after them and all that. But, mm-hmm. you know, let's face it, uh, when it comes to the script and the dialogue, yeah, I mean, it's a typical 80s movie, right? I mean, this yeah. was released in 86, so, you know, they were filming it around 84, 85. You know, movies aren't, aren't, weren't, weren't really that deep back then. Uh, no. it's more about you know having fun in the eighties, but so I mean that's why a lot of people you know a lot of critics took it too seriously because they thought it was too soft or you know there was uh, supposedly there's a homoerotic theme uh, about <clears> the movie <throat> uh, you know in the locker room with Ice Man and all that yeah and, uh, the beach volleyball whatever I mean like hey we wore short shorts in the eighties I mean you know what I mean yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah we did. it is what it is man it was it was our style um, but I mean. I enjoy it because, like I said, it's just a, a, it's a fun movie. It's not a long movie. It's got a great story. Yeah, the dialogue might suck, um, but the action is enough to to draw you in and to you know keep you occupied for an hour and a half.
3: Yeah, and I mean, who who doesn't love watch coming and watching an F-14 right. where it's got its wings out and then it all of a sudden goes into that delta shape, goes mm-hmm. supersonic. I mean, that was easily. The, the third character of this movie, that, that F-14, just the beautiful machine that it was, watching it fly, the things that it did. Um, you know, I mean, they just hit you with that right from the beginning, too. You know, just, and, and you know, it, interestingly enough, you know, this was probably, they said it was the most expensive uh, film filmed at the time, yeah. and it got the director fired three times during the movie because he kept going over budget uh you know and uh so you know that's <laughs> so tony scott was fired three times on it because he ran over budget and it was so expensive um you know to to film uh you know it's just so but they did so many good unique things in it that it would made it worth it you know that you have you know and and, and here's the crazy part it's 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 built, it's, it's covering a real thing. Yeah. You know, there, there is a top gun for the Naval Academy, but there's also a top gun for the air force Academy too. And for the air force uh, on branches. Um, interestingly enough, I was listening to a podcast this weekend. Um, one of the, the black rifle coffee guys, they had a guy on there and talking about, he went to top gun for the air force air forces is six months long. Naval Academy is six weeks. Right. You know, so, yeah. so it was very interesting to hear the differences in that and how that worked and what they did. But, you know, the fact that this is based off a real life thing and the amount of money the Navy poured into this, mm-hmm. you know, and allowed filming uh, that they allowed, um, you know, just that idea that, man, I don't know about you, but after I saw this, I was like, I want to join the Navy and
2: fly one of those F-14. Hell yeah, we all you know? did. Yeah, I know who didn't. I mean, you we, know, we, we didn't actually do it, but I mean, I bet like there, there were a lot of people. You know, the Navy uses as a recruiting video. Uh, they did, you know, to, to fire everybody up and like you saw a Top Gun, right? And just show all the scenes of, of the planes flying around, all the crazy stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, I want to do that. Uh, it, it's funny you mentioned about money and how expensive it was. Uh, I was reading that, um, you know the typically they had to take whatever the Navy let them shoot on deck. Like the whole beginning sequence of the movie was real stuff with, with the real, you know, pe- you know, enlisted in in, in the Navy uh, watching all the planes come in and all that. And uh, landing on the car on the, uh, the carrier. But I guess there was a scene where uh, the director wanted to film uh, an F-14 going, uh, leaving the carrier flying into the sunset. Uh, and, they had to actually turn the ship so it was facing that way. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, the majority of the carrier flight deck shots were normal aircraft operations, as I said. Uh, During one particular filming sequence, the ship's commanding officer changed the ship's course, thus changing the light. When the director, Scott, asked if they could continue on their previous course and speed, he was informed by the commander that it cost $25,000, uh, equivalent to sixty grand today, to turn the ship and to continue on course. So Scott uh, wrote, uh, the captain, uh, $25,000 check. Uh, so the ship could be turned and he continued shooting for another five minutes. And that's where he got that really, really great scene of, uh, of the giant sun and in the, in the plane flying. Yeah. So 25 yeah. grand whipped out the checkbook. Uh, I, I'm assuming it was out of his own pocket. don't uh, I'm assuming paramount didn't pay for that. Uh, but no, that's just, that's probably that's, not. That's a funny story. I never knew about oh,
3: yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah, that was one of the ones I was gonna actually bring up. When funny uh, you, you did that, um, you know, it was uh, he just he just whips out a check. Well, I need this shot, so you know, yeah, it, it, they're going okay, fine. Well, we're, we're gonna do that, um, you know. And so it's interesting that you know just some of the money behind this, supposedly, um, you know, the, the the Pentagon worked with them. And apparently, they they. They paid about 1.8 million dollars, um, you know, for that to to for the movie itself and putting into that, um, because you know they started doing. It. Top Gun was the first of that where you later on you see Armageddon, Patriot Games, yep. uh, at you know Mars Attacks, and it, like all of these were, you know, also funded by the Pentagon to you know to use as recruiting tools. Um, And so um, that was that was the whole point of of part of this movie was the Pentagon said, hey, we can use this as propaganda, you know, because this is, you know, we're we're still in the mid 80s. So, you know, the USSR is still a thing. Uh, The wall hasn't fallen yet. You know, we're still in the Cold War and, you know, just we want to promote our military power and what we can do. And that's why the Russians are the bad guys with these MiGs that are supposedly superior uh, than the F-14. And this is why we're learning dogfighting. Because you know dogfighting has gone down, and you know now we're having to pick it back up. Because in Vietnam we were just terrible compared to World War II, and we've lost the art of dogfighting, so we're learning it again. And you know, it it you you hear all that, and you know at the time you're just like, "What? We weren't the best." You know, like all of a sudden you're <laughs> kind of mad. And you're like, "You're like, oh my gosh, I'm glad they have the school. I hope you know I hope these guys are able to do that." And you know, it was just you know you walk out of this movie and just feeling like, you know, America, yeah, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, surely the Pentagon seeing this and recognizing it going, you know, this is a good idea to keep our budget pretty strong. You know, uh, you have to wonder how why it took them that long to do it, really, to be honest with you,
2: knowing who they are. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Uh, And circling back to something that you mentioned about propaganda, uh, apparently, the Chinese tried to use Top Gun as propaganda as well, uh, kind of pretty much stealing the entire story and, and, and making their own. Uh, they made a couple movies that were adapted from this. But, yeah, they actually took scenes of the planes flying around, you know, put it on CCP, and told their citizens that that was their you know Air Force or whatever. Uh, so <laughs> America found about it, uh, the movie company found out about it, and they had them take it down uh but that's just uh (laughs) i swear to god dude uh which lord china right i mean it's still relevant today because there's still a bunch of douchebags but uh yeah sorry for everybody's listening here well you're not listening in china because you're not allowed but uh right uh, yeah in fact you know what hold on i have a sound specifically for china give me one second here we go hey asshole to suck a bag of
0: dicks
2: (laughs) yeah that's what i feel about china so yeah well who Uh, doesn't anyways um yeah. this movie grossed a lot of money. Uh and and, and up until even like last year, uh, they've had several re-releases of uh of the DVD and the Blu-ray. Uh so it's 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 amazing how much money this this movie has has brought in over the years. Um you know, it, it released in 1986. I saw it in the theaters. Um as about 10 days away from my 10th birthday. Mm.
0: Uh,
2: so What's funny is, how do I put this um, yeah, you remember the love making scene uh right. take, take my breath away was was the big song that they put in that they wrote for the movie, and that was a huge hit mm-hmm. as a almost ten year old kid that was the first mm-hmm. time I ever saw anybody French kissing right uh, and holy shit, was there a lot of French kissing in that scene? I mean, it was you know a real <laughs> tight shot. Uh, and all you see is tongue, just blah, blah, blah. And it just, right. Know, uh, it, it was kind of disturbing for me as a kid.
3: Yeah. You know, I was eight, and I remember seeing it in the theater, and there was the one scene where my mom and dad were like, all right, put your head down, <laughs> you, know, you know, kind of thing. Right. And we did that. Uh, but, you know, I'd seen French Kissing before because I watched James Bond. But, you know, this was a little bit more than that, you know. It was, you know, I guess it was because with James Bond, it was a little bit more classy, a little you know, more inferred on some things that happened. Yeah. Um, whereas this was a little bit more raw, I guess you would say. Um, but, you know, interestingly enough, that was filmed after production had wrapped. That's that whole lovemaking scene. Um, because they, the, they did a test screen for it and the audience felt they needed a love story. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that love scene was actually filmed after everything had been done. So, um, and so that's, that's the whole point, you know, yeah. is, you know, <laughs> if we think about it now said that there's a the song and take my breath away and you know, all this thing. And that was done all after the fact, because test audiences said, Hey, we need that, you know, and you know, personally me, I'm okay without it, but you know, we also know, um, I, I, if people haven't recognized yet, but, um, Kelly McGinnis at the time, she was about five nine five ten. um, Tom Cruise is not that tall. <laughs> uh, and so uh, in this movie, they had to hide his shortness a lot because uh, he's is about five, 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 six, maybe five, seven. There's a lot of ambiguity on his height because it's never been really uh, discussed, but this film, especially they had to hide his height a lot with everything going on. And so, um, you know, there's just lots of weird things about this movie that you, as you watch and as you see, and, and you get involved with, you're like, okay, that's weird. I didn't know that. Or that's weird that they had to do that. But you know, at the same time too, you have to remember at the end of the day, you're getting money from the Pentagon. So they're going to have things that they are going to want in this movie and you're going to have to have it. And then still you have the, you have the studio who has things they want in the movie to make their money for it. Plus the vision that Tony Scott has. So imagine me and Tony Scott as a director trying to balance what the military is going to let you do versus what the studio wants, you know, and to still make a movie that people to this day talk about, you know, I think, um, you know, that says something for what he, he produced, you know, we're, we're not, we're, I mean, here's my thing. I think this even sets ground for things like the fast and furious franchise, you know, just high action, moving along, with a little bit of story thrown in there just enough to keep you interested, but not too much to oversaturate it, you know? Uh, and then, and, and going from there, you know, th- this kind of really set that model for that action movie that you could bring your girlfriend to, right? you know, because you had Kelly McGinnis. She was kind of the, the opposite of, of Maverick where she's the intelligence officer talking about all these things. And uh, you got this wild gun and Maverick and Tom Cruise, who's, you know, hotshot, but he's dangerous, and, you know, they're they're opposite, but they're coming together, and, you know, it's this whole thing, you know, but, you know, I really, I mean, I think one of the things that really captured me in this movie is in the beginning, when I really just loved this movie, was you know, you have the whole dogfight scene, they can't engage, you know, the whole you know, it's it's Cougar, and Merlin, and African Goose, and they can't engage with the MiGs, the MiGs are messing with them, and they're trying to, you know, get them away. Uh, Merlin's being... Just uh I mean, I'm sorry, Cougars being just harassed. And so uh Maverick and Goose see that and they're above them and they make their way down and uh they fly inverted with a MiG, and you know, and uh you know, Tom Maverick just flips at the bird and says, Watch the birdie and goose is taking a picture with his Polaroid, you know, <laughs> and the guy's looking up like what? And he bugs off, you know, and so like to me, that's when I'm like okay that's freaking cool I love this I'm in on this movie from this point forward they have my attention because of that whole scene right there Um, that was my personal favorite scene when I think of Top Gun that's the scene I think of uh, watch the birdie and he's Maverick's flipping him off just do it it was was great I can't shoot this son of a bitch let's see if we can have a little fun with
2: him (laughs) (laughs) That's so
3: good, dude. That uh, no, such a great scene. It's, it, to me, that's the best scene in the movie. It was great.
2: It is. It is. Uh, there's a lot to unpack about what you just said. Um, regarding Kelly McGillis, she wasn't supposed to be the original uh, actress mm-hmm. uh, on the movie, and I'm kind of wondering why they went with her because, to me, I mean, I didn't think she was that great looking. Like of all the, of all the stars from the '80s, I don't, I don't know exactly why they picked her. Especially like you said, her being that much taller than Tom Cruise, uh, and her character was actually supposed to be uh, a naval officer. And since, like you said, the the Navy and the Pentagon were paying for it, they they put the kibosh on that. So you know they had to rewrite that character to be you know like a i don't know she was a social worker or something like that but uh, she was like a cia information officer yeah. or something along those yeah. lines uh and it's funny you mentioned like the relationship between the two like she was the straight-laced one uh and maverick was kind of the you know the, the rogue you know the the rebel and all that uh days of thunder also had the same type thing with with tom cruise being the the wild card you know is is the the race car driver and then meeting um, the doctor, his future wife, uh, she was the one that kind of kept him in line. So it's mm-hmm. funny in, in both. I think both movies might have been Bruckheimer movies, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong mm. on that, um, but they were definitely summer blockbusters uh, and involving Tom Cruise. And there was a lot of similarities between the dynamic between the two lead characters. Uh, it's, that I that kind of I just rung a bell in my head when you mentioned that. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh you know, uh the opening scene was great, uh, you know, setting the story of uh, you know, uh, you know, Merlin freaking out or uh, Cougar freaking out. Uh and then Maverick kind of, you know, Maverick was Maverick was freaking out in the early like part of the movie. Again, just like Days of Thunder. Uh Rowdy Burns gets in his big accident and you know, at at, at Daytona or Talladega and and, you know, culture will get shook from that. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Maverick got shook from, from the early, you know, uh, engagement with the Migs, uh, and then, you know, later on in the movie, he finally kind of, you know, kicks it in gear and, and gets over that fact, you know, gets over that, and, you know, losing Goose was a big thing, too, uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, even as, as a kid, like, I was sad. Like, I never saw that coming yeah. out at all. That's a major yeah. plot twist to have what you think is one of the, the leading roles or the major stars of the movie die in the first act yeah uh yeah but you know the dialogue sucked uh but again like i said there's enough story that, to uh to pull you through and uh, like the lead instructor i can't remember his name but uh the ball tom scarrett tom, yeah. uh, tom or uh, tom scarrett and the who was the bald guy that was in back to the future so as well
3: that was that was michael ironsides he was yeah so he he was jester and then tom scarrett was viper that's right uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, you know because because there's a scene where like you know uh like somebody they're they're flying and it's like hello gentlemen it's a beautiful 76 degrees and uh he goes holy shit that's viper and then Tom cruise <laughs> is like maybe they're saying holy shit it's maverick and goose yeah you know yeah. you know just we see that which i think if if we're honest i think uh goose dies by the end of the second beginning of third act well the, okay i thought uh, it was earlier than that yeah it might, it's, no no because uh it's it's right when they're getting ready to finish top gun school they're in the, they heat he's with ice man they're they're working, you know, trying to fight each other. Iceman goes to take a shot on Viper, and he doesn't do it. And, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I got gotcha. yeah, you. You yeah, know, yeah,
3: okay. and then it's like he graduates, and then he's, they're getting deployed um, right. to the carriers and things like that. So, um, but anyway, uh, not to be super nitpicky,
2: but. Um, no, that's fine. No, it's fine if you correct me. It's been a long time since I've since I've seen it. I'm going off memory. Uh, I, I, I
3: watched it again the other day. So.
2: <laughs> I guess I guess I guess I, I, I
3: should have. Uh, um. No, uh, no. I was just, so you know, but it, no, but it's still, the, the 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 main character death plot twist it was was important because it shapes Maverick. And, you know, it you know he overreacts in a way uh, to the response of that. It, it is oh my god, I've got to just stop being who I am, mm-hmm. and you know, this Tom Skerritt talks to him to help him out, and then. You know, he kind of works through that and then comes back to being who he is, but, a little. you know, you're thinking maybe a little bit more controlled, which, of course, we find out from these trailers that <laughs> it's not the case, you know, at all. He's still, you know, he's a captain and 40-something years old or 50-something. I don't know how he's supposed to be, you know, flying and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, I found it interesting for the the admiral that he's talking to they they did ed harris who looks a lot like the the the, uh, the captain of the boat for the aircraft carrier that he gets in trouble with a lot so uh i only knew him as strickland from um from back to the future and you know mm-hmm. call him and fly, a slacker yeah you know that's what you know slacker you know kind of thing and uh you that, know, so...
2: that dude is great by the way oh like, yeah he, yeah he just he's fit he was fit for that role
3: he was he was really good you know saying like like your, your, you know he his, his line was he's telling Maverick your your ego is writing checks your body can't cash you know such a great line that he delivers uh for that oh, god that was a good line man oh. Maverick gets ripped off he's just ripping him down and yeah you know you know son you' you're writing your ego's writing. what well, I can't
2: I can't write what you should have done was land your plane you don't own that plane. The taxpayers do. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash.
3: <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, there's so many good lines in this movie, too, That's just that are so good. You know I mean? And you, you gotta love the, the story arc of Maverick in this, really. You know, he's just wild, out of control, because he's got a chip on his shoulder because of what people say about his dad, you know, and, and what happened in Vietnam. And so... Um, you know, and, and so he, he flies that way to prove something and, um, but, you know, doesn't realize what he's doing and how it endangers people around him. He's in it for himself. And, and the only person he, he you think he really cares about is goose, but even then <coughs> part sometimes, you know, goose has to talk him out of some things and it takes a lot to do it because, you know, um, he just, he won't listen, you know? I mean, I, the simplest thing would be the flybys, you know? You know, when, you know, like, you know, neg- you know hey, uh, this is Ghost Rider to tower requesting flyby. Negative to Ghost Rider, the, the pattern is full. And, oh, Goose, I think we got to buzz the tower. <coughs> you know, but Goose, he's like, no, man, don't do it. Tower, is
1: Ghost Rider requesting a flyby. <laughs> Negative, Ghost Rider, the pattern is full.
2: <laughs> uh and then like it's funny that they did it twice and in, in, uh during the movie same guy <laughs> same did, guy both uh, spilled with yeah. coffee both times yeah most times
3: yeah like yeah like so like i a lot of times when people tell me something and i say no i'll say negative
2: ghost writer the pattern is full yeah um, i even have a shirt that says that too
3: oh yeah and i mean uh, the scene after that whether you know uh the guy is just chewing out tom scary god, god damn it i want some butts and i want them now you know, doing a fly by on my tire, four hundred miles an hour. I want some butts, I want them now. And he walks out, another cup. You know, guys, you know, carrying coffee He spills on him. He's like, "Damn it, that's twice today." And he's just, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's just so many, like so many memorable things and lines in this movie that you just you, it endears you to the characters. You know, seeing, um, seeing, um, just how they would do certain things or how they would, you know, go about doing things. I mean, who, who, who can not forget the you've lost that love and feeling with Kelly and in the, in the beginning when they're at top gun school and they're singing the song
2: every time you I know? hear it, you know, that that's exactly what I think of is that scene. Exactly.
3: Exactly. You know, I mean, it's just, it, there's so many things about this movie that are so memorable, you know, I mean, You know, uh, Canada Spaceman, I don't know. Um, uh, I don't think it was referenced or pushed in any TV shows. Um, I think, um, I think I saw something about the Goldbirds kind of mentioned it one time because the Goldbirds is in the eighties. And I remember something about that, but other than that, it's, this is one of those ones that not a lot of people reference. I think, uh, What is it? Grown ups two. When they go to the party, the guy that that has the ice cream shop, he comes dressed as Maverick in the flight suit and everything. But nothing like super, um, nothing like super overt or like, hey, we're talking about top gun on any TV shows or any of the small screen. It was, it was strictly kind of its own thing, and it just lived as that kind of. I don't know if you would call it a cult classic because you know it's made so much money. But people, when the, and I mean, it timed out right when Blockbuster started getting big yep. and VHS's, boy, Friday night, man, what are you going to do? Let's go rent Top Gun. You know, we've seen it 30 times. We'll let's see it 31 times. You know, it's just so cool. You know, watching that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, VHS was, was just coming into prominence uh, at that time. And, you know, typically movies were like 50, 60 bucks to buy. Um, and you know, before Blockbuster, they had the the smaller mom and pop, uh, you know, video stores and all that. And you know, they paid some up, you know, somewhere as like a hundred dollars uh, mm-hmm. to buy like a VHS, uh, but then you know, run it and make their money back. Uh, but the Paramount did a good job with releasing this at twenty six ninety five, uh, and they had an eight million dollar marketing campaign, uh, including uh, top theme, Top Gun theme Pepsi commercials, uh, Diet Pepsi commercials. Uh, it was the best selling video cassette. Uh, just based on pre-orders, which uh, had almost 2 million units ordered before it came out on VHS on March 10th, uh, 1987. Eventually, they sold 2.9 million units when it was released on DVD in the U.S. in 1998. Uh, it, uh, it had uh, director's commentary. It had, you know, uh, little vignettes and behind-the-scenes stuff, and that was really, really cool seeing, like, the making of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was uh, you know, a, a really cool thing. And it had like a six-part series on the making of the movie. Uh, and then eventually it was put on Blu-ray in 2008. Uh, they even came out with a 3D copy in 2013. Uh, they did another remastered version in 2019. Uh, and then even last year, uh, they had uh, a remastered Blu-ray in 4K Ultra HD on May 19th, 2020, with two new special features titled The Legacy of Top Gun and On Your Six. 30 years of Top Gun uh, with the remaining bonus features being carried over. So uh, mm. they, they've shown through time that they've been able to just bring this movie out in a special edition or remastered you know, in people with stereos and sound systems and all that, and they re-released it on IMAX for like 13 days, and people got to go see that on the, on the giant screen with the amazing you know sound that they have there.
0: Mm. Uh, that's
2: why I can't wait to watch Maverick when it comes out in IMAX because it was filmed specifically in IMAX. And I think like, um, they filmed it like 8K or some stupid, ridiculous thing like that. Right. Uh, so I, dude, <laughs> uh, I don't even care about the story at this point. I just want to see those planes flying around again.
3: Exactly. You know, we know he gets an experimental plane of some sort. I want to see what that is, and you know, <laughs> let let's let's just see what this thing is. Let's 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 stop delaying this thing. We we we're, we're at the point now. We want to see. You know, um, I, I want to see it. You know, it, it's one of those things that just, you know, I guess because it's been over a year of anticipation, mm-hmm. you know, at this point, I'm just, I'm, it's almost to the point where I, I'm like, all right, I'm almost done with it to where I, I don't care anymore. But like, <laughs> if it gets to November and they push it again, I'm going to be like, <laughs> screw this. I ain't waiting. You know, I don't care anymore. You know, let's happen with a couple of films that have come out recently that they've pushed and pushed. And, um, there are a couple that have been out now that I was like, oh, wait, that came out? Okay, I'm not really worried about seeing it anymore. Yeah. You know, Um, unfortunately, you know, there's just been some that have come out that it's like, oh, no, oh, well, uh, I guess, you know, I'm not really interested in seeing that because it keeps getting pushed and, oh, well, I guess I have to watch it now this way or that way and yeah, I've got other things to do with my time. Right. So, you know, it's they're not to the point where they've lost me yet, but if I get to November and they say you're getting close to November and they say, oh, we're pushing it again due to COVID at that point, man, I'm going to be like, screw this. You know, <laughs> we're, you know, whenever it comes out, it'll come out and I'll just watch it on TV, DVD or something, but I'm not going to, you know, or I'll watch it on streaming. I'm not going to sit here and deal with this I'm trying to go to the theater, but this is, this is a film you have to watch in theater. Yeah. You know, so if you get an opportunity to, Watch this in the theater. You've got to do it. Whether it's the new Maverick, or if you had, if you were fortunate enough to watch this in theaters um, back in the eighties, boy, this was this was made for theaters. You know, between that that sound, they just started doing that lucid Lucas. You know, th um, th yeah. You know, you'd watch it at the beginning where the robot would do the moo cow thing and plug <laughs> it in. You know, all that, and and you just you feel the like the planes coming over your head and coming in from the side. This was this was. Geared for that, you know, and so, um, you know, it, it was it was a rich experience by watching it in the theaters. You lose something by watching it on TV, um, even if you have a surround sound system and and a big screen TV. There's something about watching it in the theater, you know. I mean, I think when I was a kid, we had we had a couple of multiplexes, but we had uh, uh, a theater that was just a one screen theater. You know, it was just massive. You know, chairs that were comfy and rock, and you know, the floor was sticky all the time, but you know, who cared about that? You had you know, cool, fluffy chairs. I mean, and so, like, the really big movies went there. I mean, they were at some other theaters, but you know, uh, <clears throat> it was worth driving across town to go into that theater. And they had the new THX system on the big screen, and one, it was one screen, so you're just walking in and you're walking, you walk in an old theater. And man, there was nothing cooler than walking in there and watching that movie. Uh, watching Top Gun on that screen with that sound and oh, it's just you know so much nostalgia. I think you know they they do a good job of mixing eighties nostalgia with with just an awesome action sequence of aerial combat. You know, I mean, like you said before, we've never seen anything like that, and it set the standard for what we are going to see in the future. You know, and that that's kind of why I think I'm ready for Top Gun Maverick is to see. If they did that back in '86, we're 30 years later. Let's see what they're able to do now. You know that, that camera development, like you know your your screen backdrop is from the you know from the new Maverick movie, and you know that's a beautiful look. You know, and that's probably done with GoPros it's just stuck on the the screen the way it's done. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can't wait to kind of see what it's going to be. Um, it, and that's I think the whole point of this is that. Um, You know, some people are like, um, oh, why can't they leave movies alone? No, I think this was a movie that could be redone, but wasn't necessary. You know, it's not like we really needed a sequel, but part of me was like, okay, I don't mind seeing what happened to Maverick after that moment. Yeah. You know, because at that moment, he was the big hero and everything like that. Did he change? Did he become whatever? And and we're seeing snippets from this mag, this uh, this, these movie trailers that well, kind of is more of who he is, not not you know what he was before Ruth died. So I'm looking at this, going, okay, I kind of want to know what happened, you know. But if it never happened, I was going to be okay with that too, you know. And um, and and that's the thing the thing I really appreciate about the sequel is that, you know. I'm not like, oh my God, I need to see this, but I kind of am because <laughs> I want to know. You know, now you've put it out there, there's a thing, and I want to complete the story. You know, this was like it's going to be completing the story, and I want to complete that story. So, because um, I've, I've, I've seen some people talking about oh, why we need the sequel. Is it's not, this is the most unnecessary sequel. Um, um, you know, that's, that's, but to me, I think this is one of those things where we need it. You know, this is something that, we want to, now that you've put it out there. Let's 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 see what the story's conclusion is. Are so.
2: you are you worried about them? Because you never know with with writers and all that if they're going to do harm to the legacy of you know the movie. Um, are you worried about it not having a good ending or, or a good story? I mean, like you said, you were happy with the ending of the first one, which we you know we all are. I mean, it, it ended right. like your typical eighties. You know, you know the hero wins and all that and gets the girl. Blah blah blah. Uh, but now, with, with times being different, it's probably going to be a little bit more edgy. Uh, I'm sure the script and the story will will be better. But, uh, you know, how do you... They don't typically write endings like that anymore for movies. You know what I mean? They don't write campy stuff anymore. So, are are you worried about, you know, the lasting legacy this, this second movie might have?
3: <coughs> it could be an issue. I mean, it seems a little darker. Yeah. Um, you know, let's comparatively, you know, we look at the the imaging and the shots and everything, everything was darker. I mean, that was the thing about it is it was bright. Um, you know, Top Gun was, there was lots of sunlight and brightness and everything involved. And, you know, in the, in the trailers and everything we see cover of night and darkness. And just, you know, there isn't that kind of look, you know, the, there's a scene where, there it looks like probably up in Alaska, you know, cause there was snow in the mountains and, you know, things along those lines. So, you know, it's one of those things of in a way I'm a little bit concerned, but at the same time too. At this point, Tom Cruise has enough stroke. He's, you know, executive producing everything. Mm-hmm. Surely, surely, surely he won't allow them to change who he is and what he is and with the essence of Top Gun um and the character Maverick for, you know, a, a twist ending or something along those lines. You know, I, I just um, you know, I, I don't see that. You know, um, it could be, I, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's I, but at the end of the day, because it's Tom Cruise and he was there for the original and he's here for this one, I have a feeling it's going to be closer. It's going to be a little less campy, probably a little less eighties, but still have the spirit and essence of what the movie was. Um, and especially the character, because I think we've seen a little bit of that from the trailer that we see a little bit of that, He's still kind of that character that we know and love. Of okay, yeah, that's the Maverick I know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And so, you know, the fact that we see his still helmet, the helmet design is still the same, you know. Uh
2: uh. <laughs> oh
3: my
1: lord! Thank you, Candace Baseman.
2: Uh, yeah. The, for those of you not not watching and listening on the audio feed, uh, apparently we look like uh, his godfather or the godfather. Mm. I don't. Which one? But uh, yeah, you know it's a good it's a good point with Tom Cruise being all over it. And, Hell, I mean the movie's named Maverick, uh, yeah. so it's not like he's going to lay back and take a seat and mentor people. I mean, he might. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the what the premise is of the movie, but uh, it's got him on the cover. He's still Tom Cruise. He's still one of the biggest stars in the world, even if he is a mm-hmm. giant jackass. But uh, yeah, you know he's he's still a great actor. Uh, and 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 you're right. I think there will be special attention to detail when it when it comes to his character. Are you looking forward to seeing a fat Val Kilmer? Uh, I mean, Iceman was like the cool, you know, the cool dude, the slick, you know, the, yeah. the slick blonde hair and the, you know yeah. the, the toothpick and all I'll, that. And it's like now he's you know sixty years old and Tom yeah. Cruise still looks freaking amazing, but Val, sorry buddy, not not so much. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I got compared to Val Kilmer, like Fat Val Kilmer the other day. So he's like, yeah, you know, which I've I've got compared to Jack Black, Val Kilmer, or Jack Nicholson. So uh, I, can actually, I
2: can actually see all three of those mixed in. So that's that's pretty I, I, that's pretty know. accurate.
3: <clears throat> but knowing Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise has probably got Val Kilmer whipped into
2: shape, so the personal you trainer. These, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. You know, if you want to be in this movie, you got to drop like thirty pounds or whatever, because you know. But at the same time, too, you could see Val Kilmer's Iceman being a little bit more overweight because he's probably an admiral or something along those lines. Right, right, right. You know, he didn't follow the same path as Maverick. He was that stoic, you know, guy follow the book kind of thing. And he could be advanced compared to Tom Cruise's guy who's got to stay in shape. Cause he's got to fly and hit those G's.
2: Will they mention Kelly McGillis since she's not in the movie? <laughs> um, I mean, she was such a focal point of the, of the first one as his love interest. And Obviously, it didn't work out. <laughs> I don't, I don't right. know if they're gonna, if they're gonna, you know, talk about it or make reference to it or.
3: I don't know. I don't think they will. Um, that I think the if it's just gonna be like, oh, that was that relationship I had at Top Gun, and you know, whatever. I moved on. If, if I anything, left. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've I've been through a lot of people. You know, because I think Jennifer <laughs> Jennifer Donnelly, I think, is looking like looking like the love interest. I think I've seen in this. Yes. Um, I think so, and then. Um, I do think, though, they're going to build up um, the kid that played in the awful Fantastic Four as Reed Richards. I think he's got a terrible mustache, but I think it's a design. He's going to be Goose's kid, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the kid that we saw in the movie. They haven't said anything about it. I haven't read anything. I haven't seen anything that's saying that that's who that is. But, boy, the way he's looking and the way he's wearing those aviators and and everything like that, it's you got, you got you thinking that's got to be Goose's kid who now – Maverick has to train and, you know, whatever, you know, to, to do whatever they need to do. So I'll be interested this, you know, cause goose is a heavy part of who Maverick is. Yeah. And so what, how does that happen? Where now all of a sudden he's training goose's kid, you know, um, the guy, you know, that he's responsible for killing, you know, and this kid had to grow up without a dad, you know, that was there, you know, um, how does, you know, how does that all affect everything? You know? So, I'm interested to in see all that. It's going to be a very interesting dynamic. Um, so, uh, so you know that's 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 an interesting aspect, um, I think, of the movie that I'm more looking forward to is that aspect. You know, I figured the Kelly McGillis thing is just going to be like he's a fighter pilot. He's always moving along, so he doesn't really have time for a relationship. Where he does, it's one night stands or you know flings or whatever. But I'm more intrigued in if this kid's going to be goose's kid and now he's having to train him and, and that kid is resentful to Maverick because, you know, he's responsible for his dad's death.
2: So I love that. I mean, that's, that's, that would be a great story to tell. Yeah. Uh, And it's, it's, you know, it's something you'd always go to Uh, they even go to that in wrestling too. It's, it's just a, it's something that hits home. Like, you know, you're this well-respected fighter pilot, you're a hero, you know, you saved, or, you, know, you know, thousands of, or, sorry, you saved tens of people on an aircraft carrier, right? you know, <laughs> who knows how many people down below, but, you know, but, and you're my dad's best friend, but, again, it was your fault he died, and right. I've, had, I've had to live with that for the last 30 years, uh, so, mm. yeah, that's, 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 that's a tough one, I mean, how do you, yeah. uh, you know, how do you take that if you're Maverick?
3: Right, exactly. You're supposed to train
2: him now because he's and, already feeling guilty. I'm sure still, you know, to this day. Yeah, he's got
3: to. And he, you know, I imagine. You know, it's going to be one of those things where he sees him. Um, you know, maybe instead of taking his dad's last name, he takes his mom's last name. They change mm-hmm. their name, and, um, and so he doesn't know it's him at first. And then, but he sees him, and you know that triggers you know the memories of Goose or whatever. Because you know, from my from what I can piece together, um either these kids are going to Top Gun or that Maverick is training them. You know, he's being sent to Top Gun to train them. But there's also an aspect of an experimental plane and secret mission looks like because Tom Cruise is at some point in a high altitude suit, kind of like you would see on an SR-71 or a U-2. Yeah.
1: Um,
3: and and so there's that aspect as well. So, I mean, I'm kind of interested in seeing how all this plays out because, you know, we see the opening scene with Ed Harris. is like, you could be an admiral by now, but, you know, you're still a captain. You know, and the way he says it, you know, Captain, you know, yeah. he says it in like a very disdaining way. And, um, you know, so I, I'm interested to see how all this pieces together, if there's going to be that relationship. you know, Because there's, there's the potential to be a very intriguing story that'll be good to tell with all this plane and, and flying and action and things like that. So and then I'll be interested to see who's the bad guy, you know, because, you know, you've got to have a bad guy. You know, is it, are we going to rely on the Russians again? Are we going to do Chinese this time? Oh, you know, they're not we? doing Chinese. I, guess. No, I, know, I they're guarantee not there's Chinese. so
2: much money tied up with China and the movie studios and how they cater to them. I heard like, oh, yeah. uh, that the Taiwanese flag and there's another flag was, was taken off on Maverick's bomber jacket. Like somebody actually noticed that from the trailer uh, that those two flags were taken off. I'm assuming it at China's behest. Oh, wow. Yeah so that's that's ridiculous dude yeah um yeah i don't know it, you could go back to the russians but do you want to tr- you know do you want to walk that line because of how crazy putin is now and oh, you, know, yeah. you don't want to fire up the russians either so maybe a country might not be but maybe it's just maybe it is the internal struggle between Maverick and, and Goose's kid and that's what we're going to rely on but yeah you're right they have to be flying in the air and, and you know chasing somebody or getting chased by somebody because that's you know the big part of the movie, like you said, the, the third right. the third character is the plane. But really, I mean, it's in my mind it was the first. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I cared more right. about the you know the, the the dog fighting scenes. I did about the story.
3: Right. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 they established in the beginning the big bad, which was the MIGs yeah. and the Russians. Yeah. And you knew that was always an underlying thing throughout right. the whole movie was that these are the bad guys, and at some point we're going to have to face them again. Um, you know. That's I think where it, where it is. Um, and maybe can they uh, can the spaceman? Maybe they goes to space, to like space. Yeah. yeah, you know, one of them stole the idea from the other. So yeah, yeah you sure. know. But you know, I think maybe that's the, the important thing is to establish who the big bad is, so that it makes sense for why they're doing what they're doing in the movie. Because that was the whole point of Top Gun was this was a weapon, you know, special weapons school designed to teach dogfighting because. You know, we have this enemy that's out there that we're going to have to be doing dogfighting with. And we need to be able to engage them and be able to be superior in the air for them. Not just because they might have better equipment or quicker craft, but we need to learn how it works and maneuvers and push it so that we can keep up. And that was that underlying theme. You knew that they, they were training specifically for MiGs, you know, so I mean, that was the whole purpose is like, hey, we have these planes, they're not MiGs, but they're similar, they're smaller, they're faster, they're lighter. So, you know, that's the whole purpose. And then we see how their training pays off, you know, at the end of the movie. So, you know, I think that same formula needs to work as well. Establish who the big bad is. We get out with the skin of our teeth. And then let's go for, um, (laughs) let's go for, building up to where we can beat them at the end, you know, yeah. which is, you know, <laughs> you know, that classic Rocky story, you know, yeah. what happened, you know, Rocky, same thing. He, he got an opponent that he doesn't know if he can beat and then he trains us up and then, you know, lo and behold, he's able to pull it out at the end. So, um, you know, I, I, th- I think that's, you don't deviate from the story that was told before. You just tell it a little bit different
2: way. Yeah. I mean, you got to have a good villain. Yeah. I mean, you got to have a good heel. So, uh, the baby face can shine in the end. Uh, you know, make his comeback at the end and, and, and go over strong. So Ben likes heels over strong, but uh I I don't think heels are gonna go over on Maverick. I think it's gonna be Maverick on top, uh once yeah. again over the evil arch enemy, whoever that happens to be. But they've been very tight lipped about the story. Yeah. Uh they really haven't let anything out. So I'm uh I'm excited for whatever they got planned. I mean it, it's gotta be it's gotta be big, right? I mean if if they're not really talking about it. I mean i I looked up in several articles trying to find some you know some plot you know details or whatever and I couldn't I couldn't find anything you know, other than the trailer that's pretty much all I know yeah you know.
3: That's, that's that's all I got I mean everything I've pieced together or put together has been based off of watching the trailer a couple of times and figuring that out yeah you know so you know which is interesting you know which means to me this is a this is a big story you know if they're not letting anything out and they're not letting anything go. Um then you know to me this has something and they're being very tight lipped on this one. You know, I think this is something that's gonna be a pretty good story, should be, you know, or they're just you know, they're just being you know, playing it. And it's it's Tom Cruise too, you know. Yeah. What I mean, at the end of the day. I mean that dude has his hand on everything. We did see him freaking out on the set of Mission Impossible number <laughs> yep. 500, about you know, that um a few months ago. Captain Scientology himself, just showing that mental fortitude that Scientology has given him. (laughs) You know, I mean, and this is this is where I like I struggle because I love the Mission Impossible movies. That's another one that me and my dad love to watch, and and this, but you know, as a person, I just, you know, he just seems like a a bad person, and yet here I am putting more money in his bank, and you know. uh, it, it, this is one. Of, this is one of those hard ones because it's like, <laughs> God, you make such good stuff. Stop doing that, so I can hate you and not put money in your pocket because you're an evil Scientologist who you know just does some wacky shit. Is, it, is
2: that still a thing? Is that is that still going on?
3: <laughs> it is still going on. They they're greatly reduced because of Leah Remedy and the whole mm. um, uh, the HBO series they did um, on them, uh, Fair Game, and then there's a podcast now about it. Um, where they they're talking about what Scientology does, um, you know, and uh, you know, there's talk of you know trying to get Scientology's non-exempt status revoked because technically they're not a religion, you know, they're more of a business. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I mean, w- like like they say on the on the uh, Fair Game podcast, what church service do you know? You go in, you have a menu of prices that you. You have for services rendered, you know. Oh, if you're going to pray to God today, you're gonna you gotta charge five bucks or whatever, you know. But Scientology does that, you know. They pray to
2: they just pray to L. Ron Hubbard, so yeah,
3: Yeah. you know. And anything he wrote was supposed to be the rules, and you know all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. Yeah, we don't. don't,
2: Yeah, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. we do that all day. Yeah, (laughs) I'm looking. Look, I'm looking forward to this movie uh, coming up here and and. I am going to go back. Like, when it comes out, I'll go watch the, the first one again just to kind of get refreshed and get in that that mind, you know, get in that zone, the danger zone, brother. The danger zone. Uh, <laughs> which I, w- I want to play, but I can't because I, right. I don't want to get copyrighted. But I don't want Ben slapping me in the face for that. So um, <laughs> it is a great song, though. Kenny Loggins did a great job. Oh, yeah. Uh, I heard Toto was supposed to be the original band, and they couldn't work it out with their lawyers. Uh, so it actually got given to Kenny Loggins. I can't imagine how the song... But it came out of Toto did it?
3: Yeah, that's weird. That's that weird. is weird. All right. Well, let me ask you a question. What when you when you hear Top Gun? What's the scene that stands out to you, Rob? What's the one that you're
2: like? You think Top Gun? That's the scene. I'm there. Probably the ending. You know, the, like the last act, the ending act. Mm. You know, when when they're when they're victorious. Um, just uh, just. The setup of it, the pacing, you know, is super, super intense. Uh, you got Iceman there. Um, uh, what's his name comes back to help? Uh, didn't Tom Scare it? has been a long time since I watched it. Didn't Tom Scare it? Get in the plane and
3: no, he said he, he offered, you know, Maverick because they're getting deployed. That's right, says, that's right, that's hey, right. And he said, You're yeah. you're gonna get your the Merlin, the guy from earlier with Cougar, was yes. now Maverick's rear, which was uh, what's his name? Tim Robbins or yeah you know that was that was Tim Robbins who was you know the guy from earlier but Tom Skerritt, as they're passing out orders you know of where they're gonna go Hollywood Iceman, um, and Hollywood and Iceman were were the guys that were being sent and then um, oh because it was and then it was oh uh, another set of guys who were there and those were the first two stepped off and then Maverick and Merlin were on ready five with the thing and so merlin uh i think hollywood and voodoo or something like that they got shot down um and you know so so um iceman's by himself and so they, they send off maverick on the ready five and then they're getting ready to send more planes but the the catapult breaks so they can't launch any more planes and then that's when maverick goes he's going to be there And then he freaks out and then he goes, and then, then, you know, he reengages and he's like, all right, man. you know, he says a Hollywood or Iceman, I'm reengaging. I'm uh, going supersonic. I'll be there in 60 seconds or something like that or 30 seconds, you know, just saying that lie was so cool. Like I'm going supersonic. I'll be there in 30 seconds or something like that. It was just, you know, so fun to hear that. And, yeah, I mean that's a good sequence, you know. Watch and watching at the end, and then of course you have the front line at the end. You can be my wingman anytime. Bullshit, you can be mine, you know. That yeah,
2: kind of thing. yeah,
3: exactly. So Maver- Mavericks has got a swagger back, you know. Like yeah,
2: whole,
3: you know, got a swagger back, kind of thing. So it's, I mean, that's a good one. Uh, I mean, of course, I guess we have to talk about the uh, volleyball scene. You know, <laughs> do we have to? Yeah. Do we? Really? I mean, I mean, it's is is it unnecessary? Yes, it is completely and utterly unnecessary. But I think the purpose of it was to show that these guys were competing even outside of the competition they were in for Top true, Gun. True is is that you know that they can't they can't back down from each other. You got all this testosterone, all this alpha maleness going after each other. That they're even going to go after each other when it's just you know we're at the beach playing volleyball. Um, can't space You can't. It's it's like the most homoerotic thing. They're all get their shirts <laughs> off. They're all oiled up and baby oiled, mm-hmm. and they're in like short shorts. And uh, I think Tom Cruise is in jeans. But yeah, they got their hands taped up, and they're playing volleyball. And it's, uh, and it's like, and then Kenny Loggins is saying something about playing with the boys or something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it is a ridiculous scene, but the, there's a purpose behind it in the sense of they're showing that they're so competitive and they're so just, you know, with each other that they can't turn it off. Right. You know, e- e- even, outside of, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you have somebody you maybe dislike or whatever, you're at work or whatever, but you turn it off when you walk outside the door because then it's like, Oh, that was work. There's was no big deal. You know, now we're outside. And so let's go have a beer or do whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, these guys are so amped up and so testosterone laden that they can't even do that. I mean, you know, Tom Cruise is so much testosterone. He's riding a motorcycle. You know, I mean, that was, I think, the first time I saw a Japanese-style, like, Kawasaki kind of motorcycle. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, oh, man, that's so cool that you can ride a motorcycle like that, you know? Um, and, you know, running down the runway and, you know, an F-14 is going by and he's doing that, you know, kind of thing. You know, it, it was just there was so much, you know, there. And, I mean, yeah, I think you mentioned in the in the pre-tape that we had talked about, uh, There's an underlying homoerotic thing going on. I think no, that's just the '80s. Yeah, pretty
0: much. I mean, you
3: know, we 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 weren't we. It wasn't like you know there was an intention in the way we did. It's just the way we were. You know, I mean, if you look at so, are you going to say that the entire '80s run of the the NBA basketball was homoerotic because of all them short shorts? I mean,
1: (laughs) you know, that's
3: just. Yeah, you know, those are all shorts. And I mean, think about gym class. You know, yeah. Ooh, Those were some short shorts. You know, then. So, um, you know, I, I, it's it's just a to me I, at the end of the day. Again, it's just a, it's such a good movie that brings back so much nostalgia, but tells such a good story in that process. And you know, if you if you are gonna really take a look and say, "Is this an '80s movie?" and get a glimpse of an idea of what the '80s is, this is it. I mean, this is this is it from a standpoint of, you know, what we were looking at. We were in a cold war. We were, you know, very patriotic at this time. And, you know, we were going to stand up against the bad guys because those communists were bad dudes and we were going to make a stand for freedom for them, you know? And so, um, you know, and it, it's, it's, that's, I think, you know, and then of course the excess of everything, you know, the, the, Whole idea of once again, you know, you don't own that plane, the taxpayers do, and that's a $40 million airplane, you know, kind of thing. Um, just the money and, and everything involved with that. Uh, you know, and, and and of course the fashion, you know. I I don't know about you. I loved those those jackets, you know, mm-hmm. that, that they wore. Those were the coolest jackets ever. And of course, we know aviator sales went up massively after this movie. Uh Ray Band just saw a huge uptick in aviators from this movie. Uh, because that's all anybody wore, you know. Uh, so uh, the the effects that this movie had, I think, not only on on the theater, but culturally, pop culture outside of it, you know. Um, you know, Kawasaki motorcycles became a lot more popular because of the way Maverick wrote it. Aviator sunglasses, massive uptick on the sales of aviators because everybody wore them at Top Gun. You know, I mean, it was just it had a, a bigger impact than I think people eventually realized. And if you look back at it now, it had a bigger impact than, than we sometimes, uh, that we don't necessarily recognize. So, you know, uh, like I said, this is this is one of those ones that I will, I don't care what channel, what time, if I turn on the TV and I see Top 10, I'm stopping down to watch it. I don't care. You know, dishes are not getting done. Laundry's not getting done. Ford's like, you not know, that. I just all right. We're watching Top Gun. This is good. We're just gonna do it. I don't care. I'll sit through commercials to watch it. You know, <laughs> whatever. I don't care. You know, that's that's how I am about this
2: one. One thing I don't want to ever see again is the video game. Uh, while oh my god, while most of it was was fun and was good, the dog fighting part was good. But everybody knows, uh, you know, the original NES version. Uh, it was probably the hardest thing to ever do in any video game. Was land the freaking plane on the aircraft carrier did you ever mm-hmm. did you ever get a chance to to land it <laughs> never
3: never once i crashed every
2: single time i think i did it yeah. once or twice but I, n- I never beat the game but like even following the directions like up up down down slow down like i tried everything. even refueling sucked too i wouldn't even, oh. i wouldn't even go to that either like it was a tough yeah. tough game yeah did you play the arcade version i did not
3: Okay. Uh, Well, no, I'm sorry. There there wasn't an arcade. I think it was called Afterburner, but that it made you feel like oh, I do remember you were in Sega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Afterburner, because you, same thing. F14. You could You had the you know throttle control, and you had the stick, and it was this big chair, and it moved, and (laughs) if you didn't feel like, you know, um, if you didn't feel like you were in Top Gun at that moment playing afterburner man i don't i don't know who you you know where where your brain was at that moment because man that was such cool stuff right there yeah so but no that NES game was just oh i just turned it i i would always just quit after like (laughs) it came up it came up to landing on the aircraft carrier or trying to refuel and i'm just like going oh okay forget it i quit so yeah i don't remember however far i got but not probably very far because I could never land it. I could never refuel. I always had
2: problems. <laughs> I mean, if you want to see the game played right, uh, there's plenty of videos on YouTube. Just search, you know, mm-hmm. Top Gun NES, and you could you could watch a walkthrough or a playthrough, uh, and watch other people do what we couldn't do. As no. uh, we wrap it up here, Candace Payton wants to know: Was there a lot of merchandise uh, that came out from the original Top Gun? I'm sure there was. I don't. I was too young to kind of remember it. I don't. I don't really know. I don't know if you know, but I I I don't.
3: I don't think there was. I think I think it was all. You know, uh, secondary in the sense of like aviators, you Mm -hmm. know, being, you know, getting the bump from that Kawasaki motorcycles, um, you know, just different things along those lines. Um, I don't remember seeing a lot of merch, you know, but merch wasn't a big thing back
2: then. No, it really wasn't.
3: Really, Star Wars, you know, set the mold for merch. Mm -hmm. But even still, it took companies a long time to, you know, and movies, you know, and studios to recognize the power merchandise and and really you, you might have seen a top gun shirt every now and then they used a top gun with the logo kind of like we have on the screen there yeah. but n- not much you know in the way of merch uh it was it was more of the other items that you would see in the story in the movie that you know became popular especially the aviators those that was the you know everybody wanted to be, have an aviator they'll be maverick so the, <laughs> right. that's that's really what it was so
2: so when Maverick comes out, we're definitely gonna watch it, and we'll we'll come back we'll come back for other projects before then. But I do want to come back with you and do uh, a quick review of that movie, uh, and kind of get your thoughts on that, and we can we can chop it up and break that down. Uh, but yeah, uh, James Bond 007, definitely want to come back and do that. That'll be a really really good thing to dive into because I mean there's a lot more history in that too. Uh, oh yeah, you know we're talking about one movie right here and one that hasn't come out yet, but there's plenty of uh, of James Bond movies that have, have come out since the '60s. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely have to go down that route. But uh I appreciate you coming on man and talking about this. You know, I I love the fact that we you know, I opened up this to be retro everything and not just related to, to old school wrestling, but it just opened up a whole new door to where we can talk about stuff like this or music yeah. or TV or you know, what have you and um having the, the guest host come on and, and pick the topic. I think that's uh I think it's a fun thing. So this was a good one, man, that you picked. I had I had fun talking about this. So uh it was really, really good to uh to have you on. Where can we find you on social media, uh, and let everybody know where to find you and what projects you got going on?
3: All right. Well, uh, you can find me on social media at JReezyMen on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, hey, good night, can- uh, Canada spaceman. Yeah, yeah, thanks, buddy. You. Um, uh, JReezyMen at Twitter and Instagram uh, on Facebook as John Inright and located in Weatherford, Texas. Um, you can find me on TikTok at JReezy um just because you know once again i'm trying to embarrass my son and apparently he's like me and has no sh- has no shame so um so that's all my social medias but you also can listen to me on the homi media group uh on the affiliate channel uh with the academy star trek podcast or me and Dimitri zordos aka triple d the man with the olive gar- garden and the uh, dip and donuts uh, he he uh, and I talk Star Trek a lot. Um, we pick a topic and have some fun with it. Uh, I usually read some new stories and find one or two to get him all riled up and just break him <laughs> yeah. and let him go on a tirade of cursing and and uh, yelling. And it, it just it makes me laugh every time. So uh, so there's that. And then also every every weekend on this page on the Humane Media Group uh, YouTube page, uh, James MacGyver and I will be talking the SmackDown from the night before on Friday night. I'm not going to be able to do it this week. So James, if you're listening or watching, um, I have to tell him that because I have a wedding to perform and it's two hours away. And I had, that means I had to leave here by like one. So he can't, and he doesn't get off to work till noon, my time. So I'm not going to be able to really give him a good, good time or a review for it. So uh, I got to get with him on that. So if he's listening now, then sorry, buddy. I'm gonna <laughs> tell you now. Sorry,
2: dude. But and I don't. Yeah. wanna I don't want to do it again. Don't make me watch yeah. that down, please.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm always uh, here to help. Yeah. You know. So three three seventy five for a wedding versus free to talk about SmackDown. I think I'm
2: gonna take the away. I mean it's it's a tough choice, dude. But I mean, yeah, I could I could see where you want the money, but you yeah, know, it, you know, hard. so it's, it's, it's close. So you know, that's a
3: uh, that's that's everything. You can catch us catch me there on those uh, things every now and then. Once Michael Jargo gets situated, he's moved into his new place and gets situated in his new studio at his house. Uh, you can hear me every now and then on Destino. Uh, the New Japan uh podcast on the Hami Media Group as well. And then you never know where I might pop up. I do stuff like this sometimes where I'll do a run-in for somebody every now and then on other podcasts. So just sometimes watch my social media and I'll tell you where I'm gonna be and we'll have lots of fun with that. So uh that's where you can find me on everything and all the projects I've got going on right now. Oh, um, one uh oh uh one more thing uh in- For those who don't know, I also work for a a nonprofit agency in Weatherford, Texas, helping victims of sexual assault, domestic violence, family violence, things like that. Uh, June is Pride Month. Um, So we just finished Mental Health Awareness Month uh, in May. June is Pride Month. Um, And so uh, we see a lot uh, of that as well. Um, People who've been sexually assaulted um, by people of their own gender or race or things along those lines as well. Um, so just because, you know, someone's different doesn't give you the right to treat them with disrespect. Respect is respect. You know, love is love. And, you know, as a minister, yes, I know I'm saying that, but love is love. You know, so I saw this the other day. It says, um, God is love and love is life. So therefore, you know, we need to love everyone. Um, Jesus didn't come to talk to the people in church. You know, we see him spend time with the tax collectors and the prostitutes and, Everybody along those lines. So what makes us you know, better that we don't do what Jesus did and hang out with people like that? You know, and so I'm not saying that you're bad. I'm just saying that I'm going to love you. You know, if you need someone to talk to, if you need someone to <coughs> reach out and help with, that's what I'm here for. I'm not going to judge you. I don't care. I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you, um, you know, how you should live your life. You know, I'm just going to tell you that I'm here for you and I'm trying to be the best example of God that I can be for you and that's just by taking care of people and serving people. So, you know, sorry, I got a little religious there at the end, but I do want to let people know that it is pride month and to respect all people and, and, and what they believe and who they want to love. So it's none of your business. How about that? It's of your yeah, no wow. business.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I appreciate you sending that message out because it is, uh, it is a touchy subject and it's 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 one that most people dance around but i'm I'm glad that you have the uh intestinal fortitude to, to handle it head on and and uh yeah don't don't judge anybody you know yeah we may not like certain things you know we may not agree with some lifestyle choices, but again, none of our business, so yep you do you boo, and uh we'll love you anyway, yeah uh you guys can follow me on twitter at Rad Rob Gaming, check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash radrobgaming. I'm a retro gaming streamer. I stream every Tuesday night and Saturday night at 6 p.m. Central, 7 Eastern, 5 Pacific, twitch.tv slash radrobgaming. I also have a YouTube gaming channel called Rad Rob Gaming. If you want to check out my other podcast, it drops every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Central. It is RTW Main Event. The Ocho and I break down uh, the good, bad, the ugly we had from our week we have our, our weekly top five contest and we have polyester, the evil Taylor with the imbecile of the week. It's just a fun show that we have, you know, just, we barely talk wrestling. That's, that's kind of our tagline. Uh, it used to be a wrestling review show. Now it's just whatever the hell we feel like talking about. Uh, it's just, a, it's a comedy show. It's a fun show that can be found, uh, on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple podcasts, Podbean, Podcasts podcast at anywhere, anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, again, that drops every Thursday. Uh, and then check out next week. Uh, we got JB. We got Javed coming on. We're going to be uh, actually he hasn't even given me the topic yet, but he will be coming on uh, <laughs> next week on RTW Rewind. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he uh, what he's going to talk about. So we're just we're running through the gamut of, of HMG uh, personalities here. Uh, everybody wants to everybody wants to get on board because <laughs> everybody loves retro stuff and old school stuff. So it's it's been fun with people hitting me up in Messenger, and be like, "Yo, man, I want to talk about this or I want to ha- I got to be in your show." Uh, so we, um, we're just going to keep rolling. We're going to keep rolling on here. We appreciate everybody listens. I appreciate Canada spaceman coming on here and, and hanging out with us tonight. Uh, it was a slow night on YouTube, but that, that doesn't matter. We're still here having fun. We're still talking to everybody. Uh, we're still doing what we love and that is podcasting. So Johnny, good to talk to you, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, tell MacGyver if he really needs me, uh, just, you know, he could PayPal me a hundred bucks and I'll, (laughs) I'll, I'll come back on the show and you know, I'll, I'll do him a favor so you know, uh, no, nah, I'm always here. I'm always here to help. Uh, I think Colin wants me to come on Impact Attack as well this week. So mm. yeah, I, I got my hands full. I'm a, I'm a star. <laughs> I'm a star, brother. Everybody, everybody, you are a star. To- we all <laughs> want that Rad Rob love. You gotta get the Rad Rob rub. Well, well yeah. Uh, I mean that's that's for a different. That's for a different thing. Um, but um, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, John, thanks for coming <laughs> on, buddy. Uh, you too, my friend. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week for another edition of RTW Rewind. Take care, guys.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of RTW Rewind. For all the latest news and announcements, please follow us on Twitter at RTW Brand. You can also follow Rad Rob at Rad Rob Gaming. You've been listening to RTW Rewind, exclusively here on HMG on Realm and the Rad Rob Radio Network.